This all started in museums and galleries. Now it's in classrooms, in country towns. This should not be here. It's a human being in a box. This is the stuff of empires. There is a great betrayal. We're not slaves, we're African. It's the stuff the British stole. I just don't believe that. It just does not stand up. From ABC Australia and CBC Podcasts, six brand new podcast episodes for free worldwide, available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Under no circumstance would we pretend that because the whole world was facing this global pandemic, that the contracting rules that need to be robust to handle taxpayers' money can somehow be disregarded. Federal Public Safety Minister Dominic LeBlanc responding to a scathing new report from the Federal Auditor General into how the government developed and implemented the ArriveCan app. That was the app designed in the early days of the pandemic to give Canadians who were traveling in and out of the country a way to register their health information with the government. And while LeBlanc now says the proper rules and procedures should have been followed, Auditor General Karen Hogan found that the reality was quite the opposite. Auditor General Karen Hogan joins me now. Good morning. Good morning. So let's start with the money. What what are the biggest issues you've uncovered in, in terms of what was spent on this app? Um, well, I think overall, we, we just found uh, a glaring disregard for some of the most basic practices when it came to fin- maintaining good financial records, co- project management, and contracting practices. But when we look at the financial records, we found that the Canada Border Services Agency didn't have complete and accurate financial records. And as such, we weren't able to determine the exact cost of the application. But we estimated that it is around $59.5 million. Mm-hmm. You told MPs and reporters yesterday you were deeply concerned about what your investigation did not find. Tell us what you meant by that. Well, normally I would expect that when uh, a procurement takes place in the federal public service, that there be a robust file that demonstrates some of the most basic things, like why you would choose a vendor, why they have the skills and competencies to carry out the work. And and we just found very little evidence to support some of those basic decisions. Um, that, that missing or that lack of evidence it went on to things around project management. We would have expected to see um, a budget in place. And, and it's hard to, to manage a project when you don't have a budget. And, and we didn't find a budget here. And, and then even financial records, you know, basic information around what an individual worked on, what project uh, was missing. So it was unclear if the invoice should was related to ArriveCan or to another IT project that the Canada Border Services Agency was doing. Hmm. And, and the shoddy record keeping, is that a straight line to why this project ballooned to, to nearly $60 million? I think there would be a few reasons to say why the, the government didn't uh, achieve the best value for taxpayer money that was spent. I would say that some of it was a, a long-term dependency or heavy reliance on external resources. They're more costly um, than if the application could have been developed or maintained, even after some time uh, by public servants. Uh, there was really no support for consistently requiring from external so- vendors the highest level of IT experience and that high level of experience, like 10 years or more, comes at a higher price tag. Uh, We even saw contract extensions where dollar values were increased, but 
the um, the work didn't increase. And so all of those contributed to the arrive can application just costing, you know, the government paying more than they should have for the application. Mm-hmm. T- talk to me a little bit about the, the biggest contractor on this GC strategies. What did you learn about about them? Um, so early on in the pandemic, GC Strategies was the contractor that was awarded the initial contract for uh, around $2 million uh, to start the, the development of the application. And that, that contract was a non-competitive contract. And, and while that's allowed in the federal public service, it really should be come with heavy documentation around why choose that vendor. And we were unable to determine who made the decision to award the contract to GC Strategies, but also why they had the skills and competencies to deliver on that project. Um, Then after time passed, when the government decided to move from these non-competitive contracts to a competitive contract, uh, we found evidence that GC Strategies was involved in setting some of the selection criteria for the vendor. And those criteria were so restrictive and narrow that it limited competition. And GC Strategies was then the only vendor to respond to this public call for proposals and then was awarded the competitive contract. And that kind of involvement from a vendor in a, in a competitive process should not happen. Hmm. I know this is outside of your purview here, but the CBSA and the RCMP are now investigating aspects of these relationships between officials and contractors. I mean, is there was there anything potentially going on that was illegal, do you think? I think when it comes to determining if a criminal offense occurred, if something was illegal, the RCMP is really the authority for that. So I, I will leave that to them. Uh, the Canada Border Services Agency, um, however, did launch an internal investigation into the conduct and, and ethics of some of their employees. We made the deliberate decision not to uh, duplicate that work. Uh, it started in 2022 and it and it is still ongoing. I'm going to watch it very closely to see um, what the results might be and decide if we need to do more work after we see that internal investigation. And how problematic do you think it is that the bureaucracy relies on outside contractors for these sort of technical experts to, to put something like this together? I mean, did have we not seen something like this before with the Phoenix Pay system? Well, I think here when you look at what was going on in March of 2020, uh, it's hard for lots of us to put ourselves back to to that position. But uh, the Canada Border Services Agency and the Public Health Agency of Canada had done an assessment that the public service didn't have the skills, but also didn't have the capacity at that time to uh, develop the application. So it was reasonable to turn to a third party, an external source, in order to to put that application into place very quickly. Uh, What I would have expected, however, is that over time that that reliance on them would have diminished and that there would have been some plan to either transition parts of maybe the operation and maintenance of the application uh, or the skills to the public service. And we just didn't see that happening. There was a continued reliance all the way until March of 2023. Yes, the response from the CBSA was, quote, the CBSA was working as quickly as possible to replace a paper process that was not meeting public health needs and was also impacting the border with significant wait times that disrupted the essential flow of people and goods. So your concern really is not the development of this app. It was the way in which an outside contractor maintained it. 
Yeah, our concern was that there was there was no plan to sort of transition away from that reliance on the external resources. And, you know, you talked about w- what the app did at the beginning of the pandemic, and I would tell you there was some value there. Um, and I would point back to a 2021 audit report we did on border measures. And we found that the Arrive Can at the time improved the quality of the information uh, that the government was collecting around travelers and, and the timeliness and ability to follow up to ensure that people were quarantining properly when it was paper-based. It took almost 28 days for the public health agency to receive the paper. Really hard to follow up on a 14-day quarantine when you have no information until 28 days. So so there was some value, um, but the, the enduring value now is that the Canada Border Services Agency has been using the application um, to, to automate um, the custom and immigration form. But, but in the end, um, this was really not the best value that the government could have achieved for taxpayer money. You you found that many rules and procedures were not followed. They were ignored, it would seem. But so, so what are you recommending to make sure these sorts of things, these failures, don't happen again? Well, in, in this audit, a lot of our recommendations are actually really basic, basically following, um, I, I would say common sense, basically following the rules and guidelines that already existed. And, and I don't typically like to do that. I like that our recommendations be really about improving service delivery and outcomes for Canadians. Um, but because there was such a glaring disregard for some of the most basic uh, practices here, we felt it was important to make some obvious recommendations. Um, we also did recommend that you know uh, the Canada Border Services Agency should ensure that vendors are not involved in competitive processes because um, that, that is just a, a practice that shouldn't happen. Okay. Karen Hogan, thank you for speaking with us this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. Karen Hogan is Canada's Auditor General. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.